Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Beard moving. <laughs> <laughs> Your beard there started chatting like one of the twits. <laughs> I was trying to mime, but you could hear the, the movement of the beard. Dear God, Jim, very well, let's get you. Wasn't that a bit of a laugh, huh? What the, what the fuck? <laughs> Isn't it the most common phrase in Ireland since last March? You're on mute. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But like, You're on mute, donors. But also, like, uh, just turn it off and turn it on again works. It's been proven. It works every time. Every or give time. it a slap. Slap. <laughs> 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 I am... I made, I remember I got a pound off my brothers for, remember Ireland played Holland, Ireland played Holland in, was it Euro 88? Yeah, yeah, it could have been, could have been um, Euro 88. Did we draw 1-1? Was that the one? I, I think we lost. Oh, we lost 1-0, Packy Bond. That's the, the, the ball that spun around Packy. Yes, yes. So we were we were down in Crosshaven, uh, down in Merkival. We used to go down there for summer holidays. But like we didn't have TV, but they they borrowed one, or we, we for the match we got it. And I had to hold an aerial outside, and I made a, I made a pound for holding an aerial. Like where a pound was serious coin. Like, but then every now and again I'd lag, you know. It started giving that. Come on, for... <laughs> it's the Keith Walsh podcast. It's essential like your breakfast It will get you up and going Learn some things you didn't know Yeah, it's the Keith Walsh Podcast It's the Keith Walsh Podcast Give you energy like buck fast And if your head's in a pickle Or you're looking for a giggle It's the Keith Walsh Podcast Yeah Ladies and gentlemen, good evening It is the Keith Walsh Podcast With me, Keith Walsh I should have said with your host, I'll do that again. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for the Keith Walsh podcast with your host, Keith Walsh. Thank you very much. Thank you. It is Keith Walsh here, and this is the Keith Walsh podcast. You're very welcome. It's a Thursday evening, uh, 8 o'clock, as I sit here at my desk upstairs. My desk, which my wife sometimes lets me use because she's kind of taken over the office because we both work from home now. I mostly do my work down on the kitchen table. She works up here in the office. Uh, she's kind of a bit busier than me, so she needs the headspace. Um, I'm a bit of a... I mean, what am I actually doing? So I just go down the kitchen table. And actually what I do do is I put the headphones in. What I do do, put the headphones in and stick on a documentary. It's a great way. See, what I'm mostly doing is just drawing things. Drawing cards, so... um. Or writing something or trying to think of something to write. So I'll stick on something that's totally unrelated to what I'm writing or what I'm drawing. At the moment I'm watching 
uh, World War Two documentary and learning about World War Two, which I didn't in school because I had no interest. And it's fascinating. So that's what I do. Stick the headphones on, watch documentaries and, and work away. So I feel like I'm in my own... I have my own office down at the kitchen table. Kind of. Um, we were... Uh, yeah, look, I hope you're everybody's okay. We were talking downstairs, myself and uh, Anne and my daughter and my wife, Suzanne. We were just chatting, uh, making food, and we were saying that really, like, now people are just kind of struggling, you know. it's The weather's not getting any better, really. Uh, I suppose to snowed actually in in parts of the country didn't snow on the on the east much it's cold and people are a bit like fucking fed up you know um you know like okay tried lockdown sorry it's over now didn't work all right bye you know that's what we feel like and uh i was saying that you know when you meet somebody if you're if you're out for your walk and you bump into somebody you kind of half know and you're having to chat with the weather or talking to the girl behind the counter in the shop Striking up conversation, which I do now all the time, which I wouldn't have before. Um. Actually, my son said it to me the other day. We were, we went to McDonald's, and I was we were at the hatch, and I was, you know, I thought I was being polite or whatever, you know, friendly. And he was like, "Dad, you need to try to be more friendly," you know, because he was sitting beside me in the passenger seat, but he was kind of leaning over, going, "Thanks very much, thank you very much," and I was. Obviously not. I was. I thought I was being pleasant, but I was more like, "Yep, no problem. Thanks. Okay. Yeah. And that's. I need to up it anyway." But you know, when you what I was saying was when you meet someone in the street or you meet them in the shop and you're striking up conversation, and it's so emotional, isn't it? Is it just me? You, I feel like. I feel like that kind of emotion. Like I'm hungover the next day, and someone wants to talk to me. Like I can't talk. I'm too hungover. <laughs> But I feel like both people, when you're having a conversation, both people are straining to not cry, you know. And all you all you want to do with a total stranger is like hug them and cry for a few minutes and then move on. Maybe that's something we should we should introduce, you know. Just crying on the street together and then move on because we can't hug. Anyway, that's my life at the moment. How's your life? Do get in touch with the show. Um, the email is keithwalsh.walsh at gmail.com or keithwalshpod at gmail.com uh, if you're a new listener you're very welcome this is part of the Acast creator network and uh, thanks to Acast because they featured us as uh, uh, the chosen I don't know what the official word for this but the chosen podcast to advertise across other podcasts And uh, so we've got some new listeners so thank you very much you're very welcome uh, and thanks and shout out to all the all the OGs as well. If you're an OG, you know. You know. It just means you're an original listener. But you now are original listeners as well. It's all cool. Um, you're very welcome. And hopefully if you like the podcast, you might tell your friends. You might uh, do an, a review. Um, a five-star review would be great. Write a review, that would be great. Uh, share it on social media. Whatever you can do to help out, that would be great. Thank you very much. Right, uh, good guest. They're all good guests. And then someone gave out to me for saying, I have a good guest for you. Uh, great guest. I had a great chat with this guy. He's an absolute legend. Um, such a gentleman. Um, I mean, as a person, I'd imagine I've never played alongside him because I didn't, I didn't ever play rugby. 
Uh, as a person, I'd imagine he's very driven, but just so lovely, so personable, so friendly, so nice, so genuine, so genuine. I think that, and I think that's something that he he likes in other people, uh, honesty. And uh, you'll kind of hear a little bit of that in the chat um, when he talks about missing the the camaraderie of being part of the team and being in the dressing room and. You know, the honesty, people, you know, pulling you up if you're not doing a good job, which you don't really get in, in real life because everyone in real life, people are pretending they like you, but then chatting <laughs> the shit behind your back, man. Uh, first time I met this guy was um, I was working for iRadio, I think at the time, and my daughter Anna, she got the, I don't know if you're, if you have children, you'll know that there's a class, I don't know if it's first class second class high infants senior infants you get the the class pet which is usually like a, a in this case it was a stuffed lion leo the lion or lenny the lion and anna had to bring lenny the lion home for the week and mind lenny the lion <clears throat> and it just so happened that was midterm and we were heading off to cork uh so we brought lenny on a bit of a trip around uh, between Athlone and Cork so we, we sort of had pictures of him at the Rock of Cashel and a few places along the way and we were staying down with my aunt and uncle um, outside uh, where were we Kinsale past Kinsale out that, that direction but then my uncle told me that Munster haven't had an open training session in I'm going to say Thoman Park is that in Cork if I'm wrong I apologise the one in Cork and uh, he said, go along because you can watch some training and, you know, you might get to meet some of the players. So we went along and we watched them train. It was great. Finn was very, very tiny. Um, one or two. I'm trying to work it out. And he might have been one. And it might have been seven, eight. Um, and we saw the training and then at the end the players were going around signing autographs and all that kind of stuff. And we were like, let's get a picture a picture with, with Lenny the Lion everybody was so impressed in school and it was kind of really busy and there was a bit of a mob kind of like but um, I didn't obviously didn't know Donica and we were just trying we said we get Donica get a picture be a cool picture with the lion and uh, we were kind of behind and you know at one point I just said shout out Donica would you take a, can we get a picture of you with the lion so we got a picture with the lion and then he noticed that I had Anna and, the, and Finn with me and so he kind of sort of moved toward, or like parted the, the people in front and just got us all into a picture together and we got a picture with Donica and we were like, so in our family, Donica's a legend anyway. No matter what he did for Ireland or, or Munster, um, we'll always remember that day. And uh, like just, I'd imagine sometimes for the, for the players, like those kind of things can be a bit of a pain in the hole. But for Donica, I don't know, maybe I could be wrong, but he just seemed to love it. And he was really good at it. And, uh, you know, whatever, we've been a brilliant f footballer and sportsman uh, to be, just to be that nice and top foot as well and genuine. Uh, born 1979, he's retired rugby union player. Began his career with his home province, Munster, spending 17 seasons, 17 seasons uh, with Munster, winning five major trophies before sh finishing his career at Worcester Warriors in the English Premiership. International O'Callaghan represented Ireland and was part of the team that won the Six Nations Grand Slam in 2009. 
He also toured with the British and Irish Lions in 2005 and 2009, winning four caps, and was invited to play for the Barbarians twice throughout his career. O'Callaghan played primarily as lock, and he occasionally provided cover at blindside flanker. I don't know what that means. Um, yeah, so, I mean, just a legendary player. How many times did he even play for Ireland? 94. 94 appearances for Ireland. He also played for Ireland A seven times, British and Ireland four, the Barbarians twice. Munster, he had 268 appearances and 63 for Worcester. Like, that was quite... I mean, he was there for three, for the guts of three years, so, I mean, that was... You kind of forget that bit because, you know, out of sight and all that. Um, his four children, his wife is Jennifer, he went to the Christian Brothers in Cork, he is... An absolute sounder. And uh, I was delighted that he agreed to come on and chat to me. Uh, I, I need to shut up now. And we need to go and listen to Donica O'Callaghan. Uh, Dunners. His name is Dunners. That's what I call him now. Because I asked him could I call him Dunners at the end of the chat. Uh, there's a, There was a bit at the very start of this before the intro music where he was talking about having to hold the aerial up. And uh, that prompted me to tell him a story about this holy man that I saw in a documentary who held his arm up uh, over his head for his whole life. And that's where the conversation starts up. It is episode 66 of the Keith Watch podcast with Dunners OC. You could, there's a guy, there's a holy man in India who, um, I don't know what religion he is, but he basically has, he's held up his left arm for his whole life. And... Well. Uh, it's his arm is you know his arm is fucked now like he'd never be able to take it down it's just it's just in that position forever and uh, people give him money for it you know he just he's but he he can he bless you he'll give you a blessing <laughs> so you could have gone into that business instead of the rugby you know why didn't they tell us about that for the afterlife from rugby you know when they're coming to you going you know you need to prepare now lads you know somebody need to do courses you could be like the man in India with one arm. <laughs> I, I can only imagine it's a pain in the arse. Like, imagine going through doorways and he must be five foot nothing. He, but you see, the thing about it is he'd have people to open doors for him and stuff. Like, he'd have a, he'd have a, like a group of, of like apostles around him to do everything for him. So, like, he hasn't, he, he's, the arm is up in the air. He hasn't cut the nails or anything. So they're kind of growing uh, down. And he, he obviously has someone to, to wipe him and stuff, you know? I don't. Genius. Genius. Weird. <laughs> it's genius. Weird. I think we've started, Dunnick. I think we've started. We? <laughs> well, we we don't want to lose this gold. So <laughs> somewhere in the chat. He's in. He's in. that is the chat. That's the best bit. That is always the best bit. The yeah. bit off camera is always the best crack. We're never off camera. I, my golden rule is always be recording, Dunnick. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Did, have you noticed that? I've noticed that. As soon as they say, we'll press record here, it's like you you automatically tell the person, if you could turn into the most boring fucker you could ever be, <laughs> please. <laughs> okay, we need boring Dunnick now, please. Thank yeah. you. Okay, yeah. now we're recording. Anyway, Brian Dobson here. Are you, uh, are you going to stand up for the whole chat? I'm a fan of standing. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm down with that. If you're comfortable, <laughs> you're like the guy. You're like the guy that comes into the house and won't take his coat off. Oh no, I'm not for that. But I'm, I'm a big fan that sitting is the new uh, smoking. So get oh, upright. So it's. I thought sugar was the new smoking. So sitting is the new smoking, no, that, and then yeah, that's sh- sugar is the new sitting. Yeah, uh, we've moved on again. Sugar. Yeah, sure. Probably sugar is good for you now. 
I think it is actually good for you. Yeah, yeah. I think it is good That's for you. That's what I always... I always thought about rugby, you know, Keith, they'd been saying to us in time, the best thing you could do after a match, lads, is jump in a nice hot bath, have a few slices of pizzas and a few beers with the lads. <laughs> and you're there like, but hold on, we did ice packs, there was no alcohol, everyone had to be in bed. <laughs> yeah, they're, to- they're totally changing. My daughter's doing, uh, she has signed up with this personal trainer and part of her diet is that she has to do, a, she's got a post-workout snack and it has to be sugary. So yeah. she has like a, a a rice crispy cake or something. That's her. Nice. That's, yeah. Yeah. Well, there's isn't there a thirty minute w- window after exercise? Like you should have seen our changing room after a game. There was things like Jaffa cakes in there. There was, you know what I mean. There was a chance to have a bit of a treat. I remember a few, a few of my teammates might have a, a lunatics like having a can of coke. Imagine that. Oh wow. <laughs> well, you'd, oh, you'd really enjoy that though, wouldn't you? A can of coke. Yeah, do you know what though? I always found it, I found it so hard to eat after games or after exercise. I'm just a bit baked after, but it is the window, isn't it? To it's the time. That's the time to do it though. If you're gonna do, if yeah. you're gonna have any sugar, I'm doing. Yeah. I'm currently doing a thing. Uh, I'm trying to. I, I went a bit wild over Christmas and had a bit of chocolate, so I'm trying to. I'm trying to sort myself out. So I'm doing this uh, fast. Fasting. I don't eat until five o'clock every day. I've got like a, I've got like a five hour window in which I can eat, and then I, and then I'm fasting wow. till the next day. Yeah. So that's what how I'm are you finding the night? I've been. I'm on my third, fourth week, so I'm not even. Doesn't even bother me now at the moment. Wow. I would be like a bag of cats if I didn't eat food every three hours. I'm. I'm <laughs> I, I think I'm a forty-one year old man baby. <laughs> if I don't have a or something like that, I'm like ah. We used to like um. When we'd go down to photo for a walk around photo, Jenny like would have her baby bag and inside it she might like have a sandwich or a protein shake for me. Like she'd go halfway around it, she's there, get that into you. I'm there, what are you on about? And if I ignore it 10 minutes later, I'm like, I don't want to see giraffes. I just want to go home. (laughs) (laughs) Giraffes are stupid. I remember listening to you. I think you were on the radio uh, I think it was with Ruby and he got he was it wasn't an argument, but Ruby was getting a bit thick because you were like, no, I have to eat every three hours. He was he was like, you can't you can't just fucking, you can't just fucking eat every three hours. You're fucking you, you can't just keep doing that. And you were like, no, I have to I have to eat every three hours. He was getting thick with you because clearly like his his life has been like not eating and maybe eating w- once in a three hour window. Yeah, absolutely. Like it was funny at the start even of the show, we we'd hang around and when we were over in bite, I'd, I'd have my lunch, but I'd also get a roll for later on in the day. And like, he was like, what do you do in order more food? I'm there. I'm thinking, yeah, cause he, like the rugby mindset is always think of the next meal. Don't get caught short. And like, I remember he's lying to me one day. I was there. That's an awful bad habit you have. I was there. What's that? That eating. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I think actually we couldn't be more opposites when it comes to food. Like I, I think I could actually eat Ruby Walsh. You know what I mean? In terms of <laughs> sometimes I look at him and I'm there. Yeah, he'd make a good sandwich. I don't know if you get much. I don't know if you get much meat off him. <laughs> he, he could make, be a bit bitter. He'd be he'd a make, bit bitter. He'd be a bit tough. If you you make a nice broth, yeah, you'd have to stew him for weeks. <laughs> You definitely get the goodness out of the marrow eventually. Absolutely. Um, but what's the what's the crack though? Because uh, if you're finished, if you're finished 
you like obviously the training i mean everything was about the rugby and then when you fi- when that finishes up are you just like how do you exercise now how do you keep in top fit are you are you bothered yeah um there's a, i am bothered like this not well i don't mind admitting it's vanity now for me you know what i mean and whereas for 20 years it was all honestly it was genuinely about getting better and the team you know what i mean could i be the best at strength and conditioning or could i you competed but I, I i struggled for a little bit afterwards because everything was measured keith like you go into every session everything is you're accountable to every strength and conditioning session every rugby session is gps data there is no hiding place and you're competing for for everything i used to i used to you know those stick notes the post-its I remember I used to oh, stupid. I used to put a post posted on my um on my steering wheel before I'd go into training, and I'd be there like, I want to bench one thirty seven. I want to squat one ninety, and I'd have them. And then I knew if I got back into the car, and they were laughing at me. You know what I mean? They were like, "You only got one one thirty five today, fella." You know what I mean? So I. A part of me struggled with that side of it. And I remember I did a, a myself and Doug Howlett, both of us had retired and we were working together and we, we did one of the, the sessions we used to do. These were kind of on a rugby pitch, just running goalposts to goalposts. So hundred meter turnabouts and you go on the 30 seconds. So 30 seconds to, to make it for me, I come in around 18 because, you know, they're sets of 10. But I remember we, I didn't make it on one and I was absolutely devastated. And I was like, you know what I mean? I can't believe I didn't make the time. Whereas like, I basically forgot that I worked all that day. You know what I mean? That nutrition probably wasn't like in the rugby circle. When I was in Worcester, every three hours, a trolley would come in. No matter what's happening, a trolley would come in with protein shakes, these little omelets that were made in little cups. You know what I mean? Protein balls. So... Um, when like this is a crazy thing to say, but training like a pro is really easy. Training yeah. like an amateur, it, it's really hard. It really is. Like being in a pro setup, it's just like where to next. You know what I mean? Just throw on the gear and follow the rest of the fish. So uh, I did struggle with the kind of measurement side of it, but no, no. I, I for a while there, I got it wrong, and I was. Uh, I was training for how I liked or how I felt and I just keep I, I kind of good habits I keep training journals and I look back at it and I was just doing all the stuff I liked I kind of like a little bit of long distance and it's no good for me I like certain types of weights which I kept doing so I'm following with a, a bit of a program now and and the, the main thing is not to I, it, the one greatest thing I've added to my training is not getting consumed by the time of it so being really efficient in in how i train because family wise and you know better anyway you're just busier now so i'd rather have that 40 minutes where i go balls to the wall and you know what i mean come away from it hanging as opposed to stewing around the gym chatting shite sitting around you just see fellas going in and they're you know they'll do a set maybe and then just sit on the phone for a little while. Sit in the phone. Sit in the phone. I, I, I'm, I'm, I. If you're super setting with your phone, you're straight away my enemy. Like up and off. You can text and you can do whatever you need to do, 
while standing up, but please don't sit on the equipment. It drives me nuts. <laughs> but, but but then if you're doing like, yeah, it's like I, the, the mental fortitude it takes me and, and, and you need to get back into it because I kind of let it go. But like if I have to go in to do, you know, and I'm, I've up the weights on squats or something like the mental yeah. fortitude to get ready to do that set of whatever I can manage 10 yeah. and, and yeah. I, have to, I need to do three of those, you know, just to get the, ten, just to get myself in under the weight and get the 10 done and fuck it, you know? And then I'm like, yeah. Okay. And then if I sit on the phone, I'm like, start all over again to fucking work. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Cause like I notice it and when I'm lifting heavy like that, I, stupidly, I kind of, I walk around, you know what I mean? I'm like getting psyched up for the next set. But I, I'd say I'm a bit of a pothole around the gym. Like I've brought the behaviours that we had in a professional setup. So if I see someone like that, like you, trying to empty out in the squat, I'm there like this, let's go, brother. Come on, my man. You can't. And like there's people going, Who, who's this fruitcake? You know what I mean? Like, and then if you, like, if you get it brilliant, I'm like, yeah, fair play. But if you don't, I'm there, what are you doing to us? <laughs> well, how, so, are we gonna to win, how are we going to win at the weekend with this attitude? Look at this, huh? Falling. <laughs> But it, do you know what? It actually it took me a bit of time to cop on that. And look, I know there's two different mindsets on it, but like failing on the reps isn't a bad thing either. You know, like I, I used to complete reps. I used to and I'd find other ways to do it. Like I could be like a worm doing a squat. You know what I mean? Not even using my leg, absolutely finding any way to get it up, thinking I'm as strong as I like. Whereas the ones that you can, you know, bring down the weight and look after the tension within it, they're the ones that really count. Yeah. Sorry, I'm getting all technically annoying. No, it's good. It it's, it's good. It's like, it's because if you, if, it's, you know, if you want to, if you want to wrap it up in a nice sentence, it's just train smarter and don't be stupid and don't waste your time and don't, uh, you know, don't injure yourself and don't be stupid yeah. and, you know, don't finish the rep. And if you're finishing them, you're, you're, the, the weights might be too light and you'll get more out of it if the weights are heavier and you can only manage five and then you walk away. So, yeah. yeah, exactly. No, there's probably someone watching it going, mm, that doesn't really, um, the <laughs> yeah. theory that, and you're like, oh, because I've heard it all. You know what I mean? I, I promise you, from when I started in rugby, when we started in rugby, they said, um, lads, ye cannot eat enough carbohydrates. You like so in your pockets you should have wine gums jaffa cakes and just anytime you're caught get into them whereas like as you're saying no your little girl is here and there's 30 minutes after it so like everything moves on and the biggest thing for me Keith, i honestly feel you have to find what works for you and it's you know there is some people that you can pitch off but you gotta you, you gotta be able to listen to your body you know what I mean? And it'll actually, it's an unbelievable tool, man. It really is. If you, if you train smart and you really listen to it. My tr body at the moment is telling me just to go for nice long walks every day. And uh, don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, and you know what? It could be right. But are you one of these walkers that say hello to people? Please tell me you're, you're spreading the cheer. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's, that's part of the walk. I'm like, I, I do a lap of Newbridge and I say hello to my people. There you go. I like it. <laughs> There's Keith Walsh out for his walk. I think it cheers people there up. It. <laughs> it would though. It would. It would. I think. I think people. 
People are worried, so worried about the lockdown. There's so many pressures, stresses. I think them seeing me out walking, they know everything's okay. You know, if they see if I walk past their house, they're like, there's Keith, everything's okay. Yeah, they've you penciled in. Okay, Keith will be walking around in a while and then we can go watch the 6-1 News. <laughs> then we can relax. Everybody can I do breathe. think, though, people are healthier. You know what I mean? I know, like, obviously it's not ideal that things are closed, but I do think people are finding ways to get out and about. You know what I mean? Like we, especially with our kids, we probably know every walkway within our 5K and they're always, they're always the same old faces, but they're quite busy, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. It's, but it's, but it's, it's, it's great. I live on the edge of the curra and it's just like on a Sunday morning. That oh, is yeah. just, it's just like, it's like, Port Marnock Beach on a sunny day, yeah. like it's mental. Right. Like it's, it's almost you're, too, you're, too mad. You're out taking regs. Uh, uh, uh. I'm, I'm on the, the guards. I'm like I've <laughs> the guards have given me a, a, a band, an armband, and I go around and I can I can make citizens arrest. I throw people really? in the back, I throw people in the back of the car. <laughs> but but think about. I was I keep trying to tell people about fitness and stuff in Ireland before I went traveling to Australia um, in my 20s. And like before I left, if you were if you were out running or, you know, there was someone after you or you were you were professional, like people didn't go out running or even walking. A a friend of mine used to tell me the story about uh, when his I think it was his when his wife's older sister, whatever, was, was was a baby, the his mother-in-law suggested to his father-in-law that they go for a walk with the pram. And he was like, what? <laughs> go for a walk? She said, yeah, we'll go for a walk up the road with the pram, you know? And he was like, what if people see me? He was like, what? But, but so he said, yeah, we'll go. But he brought the, he brought, he was, a, he was, a, he was into hunting, you know? So he'd be out looking yeah. for game. So he brought the shotgun with him in case, in case anyone saw him out walking, he could say, no, I'm just, I'm looking for a pheasant, you know? <laughs> Brilliant, genius out of him. We used to have a neighbour, he used to walk with his golf club. So every now and again, he'd like, you know, pretend hit a ball. So yeah. you're like, good on you. You know what I mean? Those guys trying to get the most out of it. But lads wouldn't walk with a buggy on their own. Um, and just people didn't didn't walk, didn't exercise. And now, I mean, the change in 20, 30 years is phenomenal. Like, oh, I, yeah. I don't think, like, my daughter would not understand that this, that this, this is a phenomenon. This is like insane, you know? But it's amazing because even that point, even on the buggy, like that's a proper decision now, isn't it? Like, you know, you're getting a little bit older when you're there fighting it out with people. Oh, you went for the bugaboo, did you? Yeah. We went for the <laughs> yourself. We find it just pivots a little bit better. Whereas, like, so Sophie started off in this one that basically it beeped if she went over a bump. You know, my eldest girl, you were, you were there like, I'd say the salesperson in the shop was like, ah, oh, newborn, these absolute <laughs> idiots. Whereas Jacob Callum was in a McLaren, you know, these McLaren that just fold out and he kept slipping out the side. <laughs> just, it was just getting it to be as quickly as possible. It didn't so, matter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but I just think what was just the change in our attitude towards fitness and exercise? I mean, it must have been weird when you were, or were you, did you feel like you stood out from your peers when you were playing rugby, when you started? Like, obviously, you've got schools rugby. Everyone's kind of doing yeah. that. I would have played a bit of football. That was grand. But then there must have been a point where you go off one way and other people go off another way. And you've got to say, I mean, you don't drink anyway. Yeah. But you've got to say, no, I have to, 
I have to take this seriously. And I don't yeah. think as Irish people, we really, you know, the, not that not not a begrudgery, but like, a, yeah, were you better than everybody else kind of or, you know, did you have to be sing, single minded? 100 percent honestly and like you've actually jogged my memory for kind of two bits that kind of stand out in it i remember i didn't get selected for a monster schools team and i remember we were on the the train back from limerick that's how we were all coming back and the lads that didn't get picked were all going getting uh flagons of cider and going outside dan dooley's and i remember they were there to me like come on join us and i remember that actually being a moment i I was there and in my head I was there I'm actually I'm gonna go home I'm gonna train I'm gonna run I'm gonna do a bit of a session and I, I remember it was a kind of conscious decision in my head but I, I I was lucky Keith because I don't think nowadays like fitness was a point of difference at my time so if you actually for me if I was as fit as I could be it was probably uh you know what I mean? It was a, it was an area that I could probably excel in. It, whereas now they're all fit and strong. You know what I mean? Whereas I was probably playing against people, and and to be fair, I'd make no bones about it. I was probably training like a pro since I was kind of eighteen. Now they all do it. So you hear of all the kind of school systems, even Chatenny or your own nieces, nephews, kids. Everyone has a greater understanding of nutrition or even training or people follow different programs. So you're right, probably back in the day when, you know, when people were going to Australia, it was like, what's going on with these lunatics? Like we toured South Africa once and we, we arrived at in at five in the morning. And when the bus, um, I remember we were in, uh, in Melbourne and the bus was taking us to the hotel and all these people were jogging, running, people fit. And we were like, we're there. is it five in the afternoon? Like, what? what? what are they doing? And like, that's just how they do. And it's what you're around then, isn't it? It's mm. when people start training, everyone, you know, it's contagious. Yeah, like you'd know, like Kildare was always a great place for runners uh, and there's always good athletics clubs. So you'd see, like there'd be runners out, but they'd be running, they'd be training for something. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah, when we landed in Australia, it was the same. We was just like, what the, f- what, what, where, where are all these people going? You know, it's, it's not a race it's, or, you know, they're not training for anything. They're just keeping fit, keeping fit yeah. and jogging, you know, and like it got to, like it was, it, we used to see it in movies in the eighties from America, you know, lads out jogging. <laughs> Weirdo. <That's good. laughs> Absolutely. Like, Absolutely. A, like a man, like I remember men, like, th- like you know, sort of middle-aged man, men my age out running, you know, when I was young and thinking there was something wrong with them, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it's everything with that age group does. And like they, there's that generation that would have never have changed a nappy. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, and yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. It's like, like, and I feel like, I feel like apologizing to my father-in-law, Jenny's dad, like he, he calls around this house and he does everything. There's a, like, there's actually a list on the fridge of DIY jobs for Papa P like, and when he calls around, he doesn't because like our generation are disasters. You know what I mean? I, I, like, I feel like apologizing to that generation that we left them now. Can I show you this? I had a meltdown. This is a bit of skirting board for the office that I tried to put on. Uh, as you can see, I put some no more nails on it because I didn't want to put any nail. I didn't want the hassle. <laughs> Perfect. I would have gone for blue tack myself, but I liked the way you went. 
But don't you know that that old school kind of proper men that know how to fix stuff? Mm. Like, I actually so envious of them. But they weren't out. They weren't out keeping fit and running around. You know, running around the town. They were at home. They were at home. Exactly. Nailing skirting boards onto walls. (laughs) (laughs) But but I have to say, I have a father-in-law who's brilliant. Like you know, uh, and he's obviously worried about me looking after his daughter in the lockdown. So so he'll leave a he'll leave a bag of logs at the end of the driveway every now and then. (laughs) Brilliant. (laughs) But I wouldn't have it any other way. Absolutely. It's fantastic. And. um, so so I presume was the not drinking just a kind of a, was that ever a decision or is just something you just weren't into? Um, I, 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 my two older brothers didn't drink. They basically started collecting glasses in um, in one of the local pubs up the road from us when they were quite young. And they just they actually saw how people reacted around alcohol. And I think it actually spooked them a little bit. So then at an early age, you know, when you're quite young, your kind of heroes are in your house. And to be fair to the two of them, like they were training well and they were, they were never really kind of getting in trouble. So it was easier ones to follow. And I'll be honest with you, I never felt like I needed to, like I, Jenny, my wife, slags that if I had a superpower, it would be the ability to live in an embarrassing situation. I it, it, like I I quite Larry David and Ricky Gervais those kind of moments when they happen to me I'm kind of like this is kind of cool you know <laughs> yeah 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 you live you live for the awkwardness the awkward you moments for the absolute awkwardness yeah. and like I'll be honest like the trying times are and to be honest it's when you're kind of 16 17 even younger at a disco and my problem was I, at that age I was probably six foot six like so you're and when you can't move and you look like an absolute idiot and it's just probably embracing it and just going, look, I'm all right with us. You know what I mean? I know I'm brutal at this, but I'm having the crack. Personal fun is all I'm after. But the, it's an interesting, it was an interesting decision you made because other people would say that, and I know what my awkwardness, the drink helped me, you know? So it was like, if yeah. I had a few drinks, it made, it made me feel, you know, more relaxed and if I found it easier to talk to people, but you were obviously made a decision going, well, I'm fucking, I'm fucked anyway, so I don't need to, I'm just going to enjoy it. But then the funny thing was, I was actually used by my teammates for that exact fact. So they'd grab me and like, they'd be like, we think we need a team bonding day. Like, you know what I mean? I'm there. I actually think we do too. And like, I'd be coming with them to the coaches or the management going, we need a few points here. The squad need to relax. Cause like, I remember Keith, when we go out, I'd always avoid them for the first, maybe two or three points because I always noticed everyone just stood there looking at each other, but like kind of three points in, everyone's there. Come here. How's it going? <laughs> <laughs> there was proper conversations and proper crack and, and good fun. And then I always knew the point to leave. I had a little rule to myself. It was, there was a, a certain volume level when it hit a certain volume level. And when any of my buddies or my teammates told me within eight seconds that they loved me, but they wanted to break my jaw, I was there, that's time to go. <laughs> <laughs> when fellas start lifting other fellas up, that's another one as well, you know. When, when, when someone stands on a table. That's uh, it, it's over. <laughs> the one thing I've noticed, because I haven't, uh, I haven't drank in a, over a year now and i noticed wow. that the, the the drink that i miss is like the first drink maybe uh or the, maybe the yeah. first two drinks and then 
when I'm, I'm looking at people two, three drinks in, I'm going, I do not want to be you. I'm so happy I didn't have a drink, you know, and it, psychologically it works. So now I know that if I do get the goo or I get a sort of a craving, I'll be like, I'll just wait. And in, in two drinks, if I still want one, I'll join in at that point. But I never do want to join in with the, with the nonsense, you know. Yeah. The bit I never get is the hangover. It, like, it, obviously, I haven't drank, so I don't know that. But like, I'm there. It must it must be incredible having the few points that you're willing to go through that the next day. Like I'm there, the joy, like that you must, the, the up from having a few, knowing what's coming the next day, must be incredible. But I was okay with hangovers and I'd kind of like, I'd always power on and I'd get on with it. And I didn't, because if I was on the breakfast show, I didn't drink, I only drank if I wasn't working the next day. So I'd drink yeah. Friday, Saturday, but I, you know, but it wasn't, the hangover wasn't the problem. I realized the hangover. It's the, it's the feet. You've got a week that you won't understand this. You've basically got a week in front of you of, of feeling like something really, really bad's going to happen. And yeah. you're a terrible person and everything's shit. And so, so like you get through the hangover by drinking water and, you know, going to bed early and eating shit food, whatever you get through that, but you still have four, three, four days ahead of you of feeling like, you know, everybody hates you and you're the worst person in the world. So like the payoff, when you realize that you're going, nah, Jesus, no, yeah. it's not worth it. You know? Cause we, we had a fitness advisor, unfortunately, unfortunately, Paul Derbyshire, he passed away from a terrible disease, motor neuron disease. Oh. But I remember he, he had a brilliant rule about having a few points. He, he would always, he'd training wise, he would, he'd, he would earn it so he would do some session that he's earned it but then he would the next day no matter what state he was in he would pay for it so he would do the same session again so to go out it needed to be a, and when you saw him out you know it was a big deal and i know that like lads back in the day might be having a few midweek points and they'd be there darbs do you fancy it and he'd be there what's the crew and they they might name the crew and he's there no, no, that's not worth it. <laughs> so, you know, if you managed to get him out, it was, it was certainly worth it. But I actually thought, like, I actually look at it that way towards maybe treats or something like that, that, you know, if you're having it, pay for it and, you know, or sorry, earn it and pay for it in the bad way about going about it. Did anybody ever come to you when you were playing about alcohol to ask you about not drinking? Did you, did, like, I would have thought... <laughs> Um, you see, there was myself and strings in it, and and to be fair, it, like it was quite good crack in terms of, like I remember one night out as a squad, we got in a bit of trouble. There was mayhem up in Kilkenny one time, and I remember the next day we all met up as a squad to kind of go through, you know, how did that happen? But I remember one of the, the main points at the start of it were where were the sober lads? You know what I mean? Like, and that was say, but like that was, we probably had a role on the nights out to look out for, for the lads. And yeah, but you know you, I mean? that was like your fault then. <laughs> it, it kind of was. Sake, lads. We were busy getting drunk. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it, it was just, um, yeah, I, I suppose it was easier because strings was there as well. Who didn't mm. drink. But um, the biggest thing is, as well, and you, you knew it quite early, no one wants to hear the next day. You know what I mean? I, I, me meeting you the next day going, you should have seen the cut of you standing on the table singing um, the Saw what? Doctors. <laughs> you know what I mean? No you one wants to hear no, that. Nobody wants that the next day. No, yeah, no. yeah. So and people, like, who, and, people who do that shouldn't be allowed out. 
Yeah, no, it, it did lead to good crack. There was plenty of times where you'd have to get guys up or get them onto team buses because, you know what I mean, the golden rule in rugby is no one leaves anyone behind. You know what I mean? So it's get everyone, make sure we all get out, you know? So but there's been scatters to get people onto team buses and you can take advantage. You know what I mean? It's like we're in complete number ones for the trip home and you're... You're dressing someone in their black tie for the trip to the airport when everyone else is in their tracksuit or, you know what I mean? Oh, I know, yeah, 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 yeah. I know that seems so childish and stupid, but, like, it's again, it's the little things that keep you going that you're there. I actually managed to make a complete clown out of him, but it's... And, no, uh, and nobody came to you and said, I want to knock that booze on the, the, uh, on the head or anything or felt like they were... They had an issue with it or, or needed advice on or like I would have been curious if I was if I was on a team with you, I'd have been like, why? Does yeah, I, I wish I didn't drink like, you know, I wish. Yeah, I yeah but the, the one thing and, and certainly everyone looks for the edge. And I think an awful lot of my teammates bought it quite early on that we weren't picking up the knocks. My, myself and Strings, both of us, like if you look at I know like we actually played till 40, you know, and I. I honestly put it down to, and I don't think they drink as much anymore anyway, but in our kind of group, it was always maybe four, three or four points after a game, regardless of what, what happened. They'd always, just to even have those conversations, like you're saying, it was just the done thing. Whereas when I went over to Worcester, what they actually all did was, I'll, I'll never forget it, they all played Call of Duty. So they'd all go home, they'd all get mic'd up, and they'd order in pizzas and they'd play Call of Duty. Like I called in, which I found totally bizarre because I was used to the lads finding some place that they could have a lay point, you know what I mean? And joining them and you just sit around and have the conversations. But, and, and I swear that's what they're doing as well. You know what I mean? I'm not saying that it's, it's wrong. It's just the different ways that they're uh, kind of communicating and being around each other. You'd like it honestly seemed good crack, you know? And what was the role then of like psychology and psychological and like uh, looking after your 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 head, like with regards to the approach to training or matches or teammates mm. or like was was there, was it all about the physicality or, or was it like did you have different managers talking about different things or it's a lot of yeah I, you definitely did look I think we were early into it in terms of we were probably. And as we're even seeing with everything, we were kind of the first, well, sorry, the, even the year, a few years ahead of me were the first pros. So they're nearly like test case for how everything's kind of gone. Um, but sports psychology, I'll be honest with you, Keith, I wish we were a bit sharper on it because I, I think we drove ourselves. Um, we always needed a chip on our shoulder. We always needed, you know what I mean? We, we'd scout through papers looking for even the dragons to say something silly. You know what I mean? And it would be the drive all week. They don't respect us. They don't. And I look back at it now and I wish, I wish someone had gone, have a look around the room, man. Look at, look at this team. It's unbelievable. Just, you know what I mean? Just go out and play and you, you win because you're good enough. Whereas all the time, and maybe it was me personally, but I know for a, a fair bit of time, we were we were driven by fear, you know, like, and it was always trying to back it up and prove everyone wrong, which I don't, I don't actually think that's a healthy way to, to go about it. Sometimes you do need it, you know, like, 
And certainly on the Munster journey, we needed a little bit because to be completely honest, there was a point where, like when we got to that final in 06, I remember John Kelly just saying it, like we have no choice but to win today. Otherwise we are, we're bottlers, we're journeymen, we're, you know what I mean? We, we drop it, lads, when it comes to, like, and we just have to admit that if we don't get it done today. Okay, so it, there is a point for it, but I wish, I wish we, I'd looked at the more kind of positive sides of it, that I wasn't always driven by the fear, the fear of being dropped, the fear of not winning, the fear of um, just n- n- not being good enough. But in that moment then, like, is it fear? Because I know with, like, with, with Joe Schmidt or uh, I don't know what other managers like, but I suppose we've, we've heard more about Joel that it's like you have to, like everything has to go exactly right. And you can't, like, you can't, you know, when the ball comes to you, you can't drop it in that moment. Like you, you have a vital yeah. part in this move that we've put together and don't fuck it up, you know? So like, is there, is there a fear even in, oh, fuck, if, when I get the ball here, or are you... I don't want the ball or... Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't think fellas, they don't feel like that. That's that's a pressure they can kind of live with because they're, it, it, this is mad one to say, but they're kind of execution. So like if you, I think when that first comes into the environment, you are fearful because you're there, what's going on? Like, like I remember one of our team meetings, Declan Kidney saying to us before a massive match, you know what I mean? Like, how can they defend us when, when we don't even know what we're doing ourselves? And I remember, like, we, I, I swear, like, when you actually say that, it sounds so crazy. But, like, that was the truth. We hadn't a clue of the shape that we were going out to play. You know what I mean? He was there, we're undefendable. And I remember going, he is spot on, man. You know what I mean? Whereas rugby evolved. And it, it kind of got to a dangerous spot, I'll be honest with you, Keith, where lads lads just wanted roles so just you tell me exactly what i'm to do and regardless of i'll do it and then if it falls down it's back over to you whereas what you've kind of seen in rugby is you need to be able to adapt 100 percent, you need a bit of a structure but you need a smart player that can put his head up and go no i i and stand over it i did it because this is what was going through my thought process at that moment and um I think they're the kind of conversations you actually enjoy having with coaches that they try to help you improve. Like I had a brilliant coach, Laurie Fisher, for years, and he was there. These are the things you're good at. But if you don't improve, um, like he was there, your chop tackling isn't good. And he was there, you can make the excuse that you're six foot six and you should stay away from it. But like he said, you want to be one of the best players in your position. So why wouldn't you add that to your toolbox and that you always trying to evolve and get better. So, and and then I remember I'd sit down with him and he was there, we'd just kind of go through right tools for the right time. Did you use, he was there, you know what I mean? That needed to be a chop, you went for a choke, it's wrong. And and then you're learning and then you're improving and, and getting better. Whereas I think it took a bit of time for, for rugby to evolve into that. And, um, but the pressure, I don't think the pressure is on execution, lads, like, I know the big one this weekend was Billy Burns is, uh, everyone's going on about that kick to the corner. But, like, that happens. You know what I mean? And, like, but it's just, the unfortunate thing is, is some players on the pitch, their position is of more value. So, like, it's all on the 10. And everyone wants to be the guy lining up the kick to win the game. But no one sees, like, I remember Ron Nogara, I used to travel with him. 
but we used to we used to we used to leave training two hours later than everyone else because he was kicking for an hour and a half and everyone had a day off on a Wednesday but he spent three hours kicking and you know what I mean everyone wants to be the one knocking over the drop goal in the Millennium Stadium but who wants to break their ass and do seven extra hours of untanked work you know so it's 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 mad how it has evolved a little bit but I I think I I I'll be honest with you it's the it's it's the pressure of I, I, the, my fear wasn't of the pressure of the game my fear was all outside it you know like uh will i leave my family down will i leave the, the honestly a mad one to think like but like will i leave the country down like you yeah. know what i mean that is a yeah, weird way to think it's a great way well it's a good it's, i mean like you know i mean on behalf of the country, thank you for thinking like that. It's a good. It's a. It's a, it's a, it's a oh, you're good, welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> I think I speak. I think I speak for everybody here. Yeah. Definitely everybody in Newbridge. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the, I mean that 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 it, now that you mention it, that that Billy Burns kick, like, and the worst of like, I mean, you you were you kind of were at the tail end of the social media thing. I think. Yeah. The biggest the biggest uh, incident that you were involved in that kind of got social media going was the red underpants. But that was a good. Right. That was. But well, that was fun, wasn't it? <laughs> Can we cut this for those? That was just good crack, wasn't it? That was just good fun. It's just good fun. If you're yeah. in your past, why not enjoy it? There's but, uh, another one of those moments. And uh, is anyone else embarrassed for me? Because I'm not. <laughs> but, the, but when you said earlier about uh, you, you revel in the awkward moments, and you know that's your superpower. I just that's the moment that just gets you see him running around his red underpants, not a bother on him, you know. And uh, <laughs> uh, Keith, if I'm to be honest, though, there is moments in your life. If you could go back and erase it, that that is top of the list. Really? Now, yeah. It, it... But what I'm noticing is my nieces and nephews—they're getting so embarrassed about it. Okay. It's so like, okay. like it's a few years ago now. But my nephew Ted is in Kinsale, and his fam or his class got one of the new whiteboards obviously back in the day like and they were like we can put anything into the internet and it'll come up on the board and they were like Ted's uncle plays for Ireland put him in put him in so they put in Donegal Callaghan and what's the first thing that comes up me parading around in the jocks and like they're all like ah Ted oh, <laughs> so then he's ringing me going what are you doing man what are you doing <laughs> so what have you done to me maybe you can get in touch with Google and get them to remove that but the but that was but that was fun. But I felt there was an edge to the stuff about Billy after the after the game on uh, on Sunday, and it just was nasty, you know. And I know there's yeah. nas nasty people out there, but if you defend it, you're virtue signaling. You're like, oh, you know, we're yeah. just it, we're just you know, he deserves it. He's a professional. He should be better. You know, yeah. what's he doing? What was he doing anyway? And you try and defend it by saying just what you said. Well, this lad trains his bollocks off like he he's like he's been he puts in the extra hours he does all the stuff he like it's it, it, yes it is tough but he's working hard at it you know so like it's yeah. one one kick went astray at where but i don't know yeah. what, i don't know when people got so nasty about it. i think there was an edge to it as well because he might not people were saying he, he's not irish or whatever but it's just it's it's hard to see it you know yeah but then again right from billy burns point of view you actually like they're the moments where you kind of define your character a little bit. I I feel like I had. I remember I um, I came on against Perpignan uh, in in 
geez, I'd say it was the early 2000s with, for, for Munster. And I came on as a sub for Mick O'Driscoll. And I was taken off, I'd say, 24 minutes later for David Corky because I was just, I just wasn't at the level. And I remember coming off the pitch and Declan Kidney, just all he said to me was, I'm really sorry about that. But I remember sitting down and I was there like, I had to be honest with myself. I was there. I'm, I'm, I'm not at the level here. You know what I mean? I, you know what I mean? Why did that happen? And I kind of go off and realize one, I wasn't physically strong enough, like to be at that level at that. I know I was young and stuff, but if I'm at, if you're at international or interprovincial level, you have to be up to pace. And you know what I mean? It's grand saying, oh, you will in time, but you have to be ready to go. So, well, how did you, why would that kill somebody? Like, what did you do in that moment or from that moment on? I, I, I remember, I honestly, I, I added, I know it probably wasn't the best way to go, but I, I, I totally changed probably my, my training for, to put on a little bit more size. I was quite light on top and I knew, but I knew that, but I, like, I remember kind of first day of ever training like a pro, I could barely do one chin up, you know what I mean? And I was there, that's, you know what I mean? Like that's the reality. Whereas I'm playing against guys that hang out the chin up bars with 75 kgs hanging out of them, you know, like, so, you know what I mean? There, it can also be like a bucket of cold water for that. That's, that's the pressure because that's what happens on the biggest stage. The, the, the air gets so thin and it, those errors happen. So like, of course it's brilliant to see all the lads r- rally around them and they should and they will. But as well, Billy needs to, or any of them, like, and I'm talking about myself included in those moments, you, you as well have to sit down and go, why did that happen? How do I fix it? You know? So, um, but you're right. Like social media, there is both sides of it though, Keith. I've been around lads. Like one of the big things for us was always, um, if you had a story or you had a bit of a laugh or a bit of crack, you'd walk up to the top of the bus, you'd grab the mic and you'd slag someone. Funny story about Keith, this went on yesterday or whatever it is. But no lads are tweeting it or they're sending it out on social media and they're finding a different way. And then when you chat to them, you're there like, why didn't you just grab the mic there and go up and tell us? You know what I mean? They're there like, there's only 30 people on the bus donors. I've 30,000 on whatever social media platform. It is. And you're there like, you know, like, yeah. when do we get to this? You know, so yeah, it's... yeah. We just get up, someone get up to the top of the bus and just read out tweets. There you go. <laughs> there you go. But um, yeah, so like I think I suppose do you do you remember your first time back getting picked then by Declan after that or? Yeah, I do. You know what? This is a crazy thing to say. I nearly had to wait a year, over a year and a bit, a proper one. And what actually happened was we there was a load of injuries, and um, I actually came on in the back row, and then Peter Clossy got sinned. So I, I came on and I was like a headless chicken. You know what I mean? I was trying to, I was trying to do everything in, you know what I mean, a short space of time. And I remember um, Peter Clossy was sinned, so we had to bring on another prop. So they took me off as well. And I remember that was like I was there. I'm the freshest here, and they've taken me off. So there is this is the moment like the, and you have to answer it when it comes, you know, and I was there, I have, I was lucky. I probably had maybe 50 to 60 minutes to, and, and Keith, I, I'm not chatting about, um, 
the, the coaches or the staff or supporters, it, that 60 minutes was vital for my teammates to know that I'm not a bluffer. Because if they, if I had compounded another mayor on top of a mayor, they'd be like, because that's what happens in good environments. You get weeded out by the lads, you know? So I, 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 in that moment, yeah, I remember a big game against dad and I just had to throw it. And, and, and to be fair, I did. And I remember being like, and early was bursting afterwards, but it was, it, it was a big moment because and, and and the the unfortunate thing is with sports sometimes and like everything you have to wait you know you have to you trust, it's tr- trust, trust the process and wait and keep working and wait for your moment wait for your chance yeah yeah and look and, and there's some there's some you know nearly false stones you know what I mean that you think oh this is it and I'm coming back but it, it needs to be one of of equal kind of the the high needs to be as or sorry the the high needs to outweigh the the low that you probably went through but it's it's just being ready like I, the, the, one of my greatest teammates Jerry Flannery I remember Jerry Flannery was Fla was training to be a line three years before he was one and there was so many people in his way and you were there like Fla like you'd nearly even tried to manage his expectations you were there like they're all playing so well, Flat. You know what I mean? He's there. It'll come. I'm telling you, it's going to come, man. And I'm going to blow it away. And then just two injuries opened up and he got in the team and that was it. it like, you could not budge him. And I remember, like, everyone going, geez, he's, he's playing brilliant now, isn't he? And I was there. He's been, he's been playing brilliant for three years. You know what I mean? He's, he's worked so hard for three years. I know everyone's seen this moment of it, but no one saw the hell of the last three years you know yeah and that's the thing about taking your opportunity because you know people say you have to be ready you know you take your opportunity but you have to be ready you have to be at that for three years and then the opportunity you have to have the work done you know it it doesn't just just, you don't just magically be brilliant like oh i I, I just i just i don't know i just i was really good at throwing i don't i never knew But that's the one that like, they were like, oh, my God, Jerry Flannery's going on the Lions tour. I was at, Fla was going on the Lions tour three years ago because that's that's the way he was training, you know? Yeah. yeah. So, but you do, you need the rub as well, don't you? You need a bit of luck to break. Like, in his case, that was injuries. Same with me. It was just, you know, something bunks. And you just, you, honestly, Keith, this is a sad thing to say, but in, it, certainly in rugby, you have to be a little bit ruthless. You have to be a, a bit of a selfish fucker that this is my... It's my time now, and it is really harsh because you're so reliant on everyone else. But um, they they need you to bring your best, otherwise they'll. There's a great saying like "off the bus, get rid of them." Wow, but but that's the thing. You have to be so single. I mean, it's a team sport. You have to be aware of your teammates. You have to be aware of, you know, all of that. But you have to be so single-minded as well, and so selfish in in a lot of ways. I remember uh, reading. Um, oh, I can't remember his football. A famous, famousish footballer, uh, the guy who went to France and was playing in France for a while and put on a French accent for a press conference. Uh, he was from Liverpool. I can't remember his name. I'll, I'll say it in the intro. Not Carragher, is it? No, no, no. He um, he played for Newcastle. He's not. He's not at Carragher's level of fame wise. But but he he's he kind of came up in the. There's people shouting at ball. I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I should know these things. Anyway, I read his book. I, I find him very interesting as a person, but he came up he's from poverty and his dad was in prison and all that kind of stuff. But he was so, like he would go in, if he got an opportunity uh, with, a, with the older team, 
like he'd be kicking lumps out of the big lads and they'd be like, he'd no respect. And he was like, well, I don't have, this is my chance. You know, yeah. he, and, and, and if, if, if he was training, if he finally made it to Newcastle and he was training with Newcastle and trying to prove himself to get on the team, he was like kicking lumps out of the more respected older lads and, and getting in fights and, and saying, well, I don't like, that's just the way he was. He was so selfish, but he wanted to get on the team and be part of the team. And he wanted to make it as a footballer. You know, so yeah. you kind of have to kick lumps out of your teammates to be respected, to get on the team, to get the respect. So nobody's saying off the bus. It's it- Absolutely, absolutely. And then there's the balance and act in this. If you're acting the maggot and stopping us, get the work done, everyone's going to come for you. You know, like you could be over with what used to be called, like we used to call them in Munster, we used to call them the Ducks. They were the fellas that would have to prepare like the other teams. So say you're playing... Uh, Clinetley at the weekend, they'd have to run all Clinetley's play, but you could be re- you could be dropped at the weekend, and you you know what I mean. You all of a sudden you have to go over and to pretend you're Chris Wyatt, and you're there like, and you're meant to do the role he does, but you know the play they're doing, so you come out of the line and rob the ball, and, and, and it, it, like you're there. It's okay, we know you're odd, but do that again, and this won't end well, you know. <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And did people ever accuse you because you're quite a you're quite, um, I mean, you're a great crack. You like, you're, you like the fun, you like the, the crack. Did ever, anyone ever accuse you of not taking things seriously? Did that ever come um, back to you? No, I, I, in fact, I used to get the other way. I, like myself and Paulie, like, I, and we used to slag because I used to call him Keno, Roy Keane, like, and he'd put the nickname back of undercover Kino. So like, I'd be the guy going up to the lads going, geez, Paulie's on the warpath, you know, be wide. But I'd be, I'd be going up to him earlier in the day going, listen, we did the unit session there. It was a waste of time. No one was, you know what I mean? No one was prepared properly. No. And then he gives the bollocking and I'm there. Jeez, here he goes again. (laughs) (laughs) Which is like, it's a completely kind of maggoty way to act around a fellow. But I knew that like, if I'm shouting a roar at the likes of Dave Wallace, Dennis Leamy, they're going, Donner's jog on. But if I get, you know what I mean? The, the alpha male, the Mufasa of our team to start roaring, then, you know, he's, he's going to get the, the purchase and everything will change. How interesting was it to see his transformation close up? Because, I mean, like, like there's that great image of Paul O'Connell with the two English lads and he's basically just fucking picking them up and running around them. them. Yeah. And when you look at, and that, that's him, that's the Paul we know, like with the shit, you know, the success, really yeah. successful Irish team, shaved heads, you know, he's bigger. You know, he's he's yeah. he knows it's like he knows exactly what kind of power he has and what to do with it when and when to when to turn it on. Whereas if you look at like if you go back 10 years and and, and everybody evolves, you know, he, he had a bit yeah. more hair. He was a bit slighter. He wasn't as as you know, he didn't dominate the pitch as much or, you know, he didn't he wasn't as sure of himself, you know, whereas, yeah. you know, and, and as like no more than your man getting a flag getting ready for three years to 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 to, to do the line outs. I mean, he was obviously, you know, it was a process of him getting to that point, you know? Yeah, I, I, I'll be you honest. Noticed, did you was, notice the change? I, I, I didn't, because I'll be honest, I played with him from Munster 20s, and there's players you play with, like Drickle is another one, you just know they're special. You know, not only with their ability on the pitch, but like, what separates Paulie, like, take the rugby player aside, he's an incredible man. Like, he, like honestly, it just everyone... He does this 
he is awake. He, it's hard to actually explain it, but by being around him, you're better at everything you do, if you know what I mean, because he just, it's not that, and this is an awful thing, but everyone has a perception as well that he's this, everyone sees that, you know, fear of God moment in the dressing room. And like you're saying that, that's not the case. You know what I mean? It is in certain moments, but um, like in terms of crack, in terms of humor, in terms of, um, you know, just people to hang around with and be around. He's probably the, the ultimate one you want at your dinner table when it's it's meal times because he's good fun and he's got the balance and all that. But what I what I always found with an awful lot of us was that we there was a kind of narrative set. And for me, it was easy to hide behind like fun Bobby having the crack. You know what I mean? It was easy to do media and just, you know what I mean, come up with all oh, the latest crack in camp is this. But they didn't really know me at all then, you know what I mean? Because you can hide behind it. And I think because everyone put that perception of Paulie out there, they actually didn't get to to know the, 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 the man, you know what I mean? And everyone goes on about that kind of, you know, um, you know, the absolute competitor that wants to win. But they miss the blocks that actually get him to that. And uh, he's 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 special he's just honestly he's and it's it's hard to actually verbalize it's just i actually notice even at the moment i miss being around those type of people and it's i I read a book and that's called radical candor you know what i mean it's the donica you're poor at that and if you don't improve at that we're all in trouble whereas he, he never had a problem telling you that you know and he wasn't saying that to be a pain in the ass or he was saying it out of pure want for you to be better it's the one thing i struggle with because now you're you've, you've made the move from from sport into into radio and television and, and all that kind of stuff and it's the one thing i really I, I i really struggled with and i remember sitting down with a boss of mine and saying i said do you know what you know what the leinster team do after they play their matches and they come in on a monday and they get a bollock and what and they're, they're told exactly what they did right and what they did wrong can we do that can you bring us in and tell us because i don't like this fucking Nobody saying anything and no one saying that to your face and talking behind your back and the next thing you're fucking sacked. Like, can you just tell me, you, you know, I just, want, I just want that honesty, you know? But do you know what? And the biggest thing, Keith, what I noticed was it, the real honesty came from the floor. So coaches and management would be up the top and they'd have a red dot on the problem. You know what I mean? So they'd be saying, Keith, this is the problem here. You never covered this. And then all of a sudden the chat would come from the floor and that's what you need to be. That's the real learning. So on the floor, you, then you'd start hearing someone just call you out. Dunners, if you're up quicker off the ground there, you cover two meters and then, you know, Keith's inside shoulder isn't exposed. Why are you being lazy? Why are you staying on the ground? You know what I mean? And then, then it might lead to, well, I could have helped him here if I, and they, that's the, like, I think sometimes you're right. We all look to kind of management or the coaches to, to point it out, but the, the brilliant dressing rooms I've been in, it, it's come from the floor. And I, I, this is a mad thing. Like, and it, it's back to O'Connell. I, Paulie used to ask some really, what you would think was a silly question. And like, I remember coming out at once and he asked where we were kicking off to on the pitch and I remember coming out and there was two academy lads and they were they were kind of laughing to themselves. They were like, O'Connell didn't know where we were kicking off to 3A and they were kind of getting a giggle on it. 
But he wasn't asking that question for himself. He's asking that for someone in the room that hasn't the balls to ask the question. And I don't think that happens an awful lot either, that some people that are so self-assured in their own abilities that would that would ask the stupid question, that would look foolish for the sake of Making the rest sure. of the team, you know, and that's that's what you get with special men first, but also special groups and dynamics. That's what you kind of need. I, I, I agree. Management and bosses, they have to create that environment that that can happen. But if it, if, if it doesn't come from the floor, I, I, I think that carries more weight. Yeah, no, that's a very good point. Um, I don't want you now listening to this and then coming back to me and giving me notes on it and saying, Keith, you, you right? What like what the fuck was that question? You know what I mean? Yeah. You should have known. Yeah, okay. You should have. You should have known Joey Barton's name. <laughs> when are we going to start recording this podcast, man? We had a great chat there, <laughs> but we can't use any of it. <laughs> this is all brilliant. This is all gold. Listen, I I won't keep you for too much longer because I know you're a busy man. But um, and you have to get back to the the, the homeschool. The homeschool hub. <laughs> <laughs> are, you, are, you, are you any good with the old schoolwork there? Are you, are you, are I'm you in charge of two areas. I'm in charge of maths, although I've got dropped now from doing Sophie's maths. Oh, She's off the bus. Yeah, off the bus for fourth class maths. <laughs> I can do first, second and uh, junior infants. So, and I'm also in charge of P. So get them out, get my basketball, always go crack. Excellent. Good work. Um, yeah. Have you settled? Have you started settling? into civilian life because you seem i i would have met you uh we we did something together yeah. maybe two years ago now actually at this point yeah it? yeah it's been and i felt like you were still like a little bit unsure of what you were gonna do you know you were trying to yeah. find your way have, have you settled a bit more yeah i i don't honestly know keith is the thing um like it, it it's really tough man i, I like i I, I was prepared for leaving rugby in my head, but then it, it's so much harder than you really think. And everyone kind of goes on, oh, the, 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 you know what I mean? The everything's done for you, so that's what you miss. You don't miss that at all. You miss, like that point there, you miss the honesty of people telling you areas that you really need to get better. But you also miss the, the kind of school of fish that you hang around with you know what I mean and like you're saying there like about Australia when you're around positive people and fit people you you just go with it you know what I mean it just it just happens whereas um being kind of uh, always having to bring the personal motivation can be tough you know what I mean on the the outside of it like there were some days there you just had to make it into training and there would be someone that would be like buzzing that would you're there i just fall in with this beauty here because he's going to carry me home you know and ian doling or someone like that you're there like this is exactly the person i needed today whereas when you're away from it, it that can be quite tough um I, I, I if i'm being completely honest i thought i was nicely prepared i'd a bit of a plan but there, it is. It is harder than you think. I do think, not bitching or moaning, but I do think there could be greater supports, like from outside and even even ourselves as players, to help the next group out because it's amazing. All of a sudden, it's just a full stop. You know what I mean? It's just boom off the bus, and it's. 
done. You know what I mean? Like it's it's you want it to be ruthless, and you you help create that environment that if you're not in this bubble, you're not with us. You know what I mean? You're you're someone that can actually harm it a little bit. So it's uh, but uh, family wise, it's brilliant, and even just like that's more important than anything if I'm honest Keith I was I was probably the most selfish fellow you'd ever come across in your life like and the the example I use is I remember once getting ready for training and um, I with fitness conditioning games at 10 o'clock and I remember it was eight o'clock and I had my breakfast bowl of porridge and a few eggs before I fed my kids you know and all in my head that made perfect sense because I, I, if I don't eat within this window, I'm I'm puking or I'm not fueled for the session, you know. And and and, and now you look at it and you're there like, oh jeez, did I really do that, man? You know, like yeah. So it's um from a kind of family point of view, it it, it is I I'm way better placed. And what I realized was I was missing gold. I was missing. You think they're small little things, you know what I mean? But when they keep adding up, mm. you know, like you miss, you know, the two fairy coming for the first time and you're there, that's all right. So you know what I mean? And then you start missing the hype about Christmas and you're there, oh, I'll, I'll catch it all up. But it, it all matters. And um, a buddy of mine, Tom Collin, just actually, he gave me a great line one day and I think it's so true. He's there, how do you spell love? And I was there see on about like and he's there t-i-m-e you know what i mean it's just especially with your kids and you probably see it better than anyone it's just being around them being there being there for the the crazy conversations the the madness chat or just the you know the bitty giddiness of the kids get away with it yeah yeah that's good you're building your own team of of positive buzzers around you there you know yeah, you are. you've got people to buzz off, you know, when you get up. And That's you're like, exactly. You're like, all right, lads, who's going to get me through today? Which one of you? Exactly. Anna, you beauty. Here we go. <laughs> but it is interesting because you can all be kind of having a bad day and then someone can say something and it can just spark and everyone's laughing. You know, it's uh, yeah, it's it's great yeah. to see that in, 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 in motion. I was talking to Jackie Terrell on this podcast and uh, people can listen back to that if they want. It was an interesting chat, but he said... He was talking about rugby and, and lads like you, and he said, well, at least with the hurling, he had he could play. He went he like it, it's a it's a full circle. He said he started underage, and then I made it you know to the minors, seniors. Then I made it to Kilkenny, and then he said on the way back, I went back to my club. He obviously kept playing for his club. Went back to the club, and now he's playing. He's playing for the second, third team or something. Do you know what I mean? Like he's, oh yeah, you're, you yeah. know they almost like ease you out of the off the pitch then, you know. Yeah, and look, I've seen that even uh, Duncan Williams, a scrum half with us, he played with Munster for years. I know he's gone back playing with Khan. I think I was a little bit spooked because I chatted to two of my teammates, Mick O'Driscoll and Anthony Horgan. And I I saw them playing for Khan after they'd retired. So that's amateur, you know, train Tuesdays and Thursdays, play on Saturdays. But like, uh, they were like red rags to anyone that they played against. So I remember watching them against Young Monsters and there was people just absolutely hopping off them. I remember yeah. once watching Mikko against UCD and there was young fellas ragdolling them all around the place. And I was there, I don't know, is there much crack in that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't think, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, Jackie Terrell, obviously, he's obviously, when he, maybe he likes the rough stuff. 
Yeah, absolutely. But he's a skill set that can get out, get him out of it. Like, what have we got? You know what I mean? It is. And he has a he has a big stick as well. Yeah. <laughs> Always helpful. Always helpful. But listen, I don't know if we if I if I got to any of the questions I wanted to ask you, but um. Yeah, we should we should definitely do a podcast someday. Yeah, we should we should. Instead of a chat, we should meet up and do some sort of interview for my podcast. That'd be cool whenever you have time. But uh, but this is a good warm up, I think. Yeah, exactly. well, <laughs> certainly I enjoyed the the, the, the chat. <laughs> I'll be expecting your notes. Uh, yeah. I'm, just, I'm just glad I'm I'm just glad I remember Joey Barton's name before the enders. So that was good. Ah, that's who it was. Yeah, he's a funny man. Yeah, he he was. But I re- I'm very inter- I'm very interested in people like people like J- Roy Keane. Uh, Joey Barton, like they're really kind of like they live on the they're on the edge of like they're marmite almost, you know. Canton yeah. was a little bit like that as well, you know. Yeah. But so, but so single-minded, like to be to know that it was the right thing for you to do to walk away from Saipan, even though you knew, like, I don't know, there's something that you have to respect when when somebody, someone like that. Oh, yeah. Does. 100 percent we we actually had a rule in in irish camp that we didn't chat about saipan and roy Keane because there was such a divide and like honestly we had to stand two lads apart at at, at dinner one night because it got so heated and you're there okay there's no there's a rule you like we used to have rules phones into the box you used to put your phone in the box at meal times and no chat about saipan or roy key <laughs> i just I'd be the person saying, can I tell you why, you know, people, people saying Eric Cantona, absolutely disgusting, you know, can I be like, can I tell you why he kicked that man in the chest? And I'll tell you why he's right that he kicked that man in the chest. Can I, I will tell you why Zinedine Zidane headbutted that guy in the chest during that football game. And I will tell you why he was right to do that. Yeah. I love those guys. <laughs> absolutely. It's a line in Pulp Fiction, isn't it? You have to have an opinion. You gotta have an opinion, yeah. And it's gotta be different to everybody else. My wife is, is about to kick me out of the office. She has actual work. Yeah, right. Through, so, get him yeah, out, yeah. get him out. There's yeah. there's locals round waiting for you to walk. They're there like, where is he? Yeah, yeah, he needs to be out for his walk now. What time? Call it? the guards, he's missed the walk. <laughs> Donica, uh Dunners, can I call you Dunners? Absolutely. Um, listen, man, thanks for your time and uh, and we'll talk again sometime. Absolutely. Mind yourself, Keith. And we got it to work eventually. Ah, we made it. We made it. It would have been good with the sound off. <laughs> are you saying it would have been better? Are you giving me? No, are you giving me? No, I don't know. We could have been a bit more animated. <laughs> it would have looked good. You give me notes. You're giving me notes already. Listen, exactly. Man, thanks very yeah. much. I'll bother. Mind okay, yourself. Talk to you soon. Along the way. Bye 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 bye. And sure, I never even mentioned the fittest family. I never mentioned his talent kids talent show on the telly i never mentioned the sports show on 2fm um i never mentioned uh I don't, so there was loads i mean he's his work is there to be found and uh he's a very busy man um, so i really praise, appreciate his time i really just uh i love talking to him i just got so much from that conversation you know even like even i was saying to him oh you know i, I remember saying to a boss oh i want to you know we should we should have a meeting every Monday, but you know where we went wrong. And he was like, he was kind of like, no, it's up to it really is up. You know, the boss can only do so much. It's up to the dressing room to tell each other if they're doing it right and doing it wrong. I was like, oh yeah, you're right, <laughs> you're right. You know, like there I am. You know, mid forties, still 
waiting for the boss to tell me whether I'm doing a good job or not. So I uh, took a lot from that chat and uh, just also he's infectious. He's just like spend a bit of time in his company and you're just you're buzzing. Um, and yeah, just I felt like I felt like if I was any good at rugby and I'd him beside me, you know, you'd want to go out, you'd go out, you'd you'd run through, you'd run through lads with him shouting at you or just knowing he was beside you. Like that's, I can't, I just couldn't imagine if you could, if you think of uh, Dunners as I call him, if you think of him on his own, imagine being in the dressing room with like the whole team together just before, imagine the energy just before they took to the pitch against the English in Croke Park or uh, the last game of the Six Nations to win the Grand Slam, whatever, just monster. Imagine the monster dressing room. Jesus, imagine the energy. If he's just like one twenty-fifth of it or one thirty of those. Anyway, uh, lovely guy, lovely chat, and um, just I mean, you'd know by him he doesn't drink or he doesn't. You would just be like he doesn't. That guy doesn't need drink. You know, he's got it. Um. What was he saying his wife said his superpower was? Or you're just uh, reveling in an awkward situation. Yeah, I mean, I do, I'm do. i a fan of an awkward situation myself, but I, I don't think I revel in it as much as he does. Um, there you go. Donegal Callan, thank you very much for coming on. I uh, hope you enjoyed the chat and uh, uh, these podcasts dro- drop. Yeah, that's the word I used. Every Monday and Thursday. Uh, every Monday... I have a chat with a well-known person or somebody who's done something like written a book or um, achieved some feat. Uh, Somebody interesting, definitely. And I also put up a chat with myself and my friend Mike. Um, So there's two on a Monday and then there's one on a Thursday, definitely. We're working on on putting up two on a Thursday, um, but we're just wondering whether it's just too much for two, two... for two men to come up with like two lots of, of two hours of chat of random chat every week so um we might have to revisit that again but either way i hope you enjoyed it do uh give us a five star review do write a review that'd be great do subscribe because then the podcast will just drop into your inbox you won't have to go looking for them and uh what else uh yeah there's a little link there as well in the description of the podcast if you want to contribute a few quid to the podcast that would be great um, and I think I'm trying to get I'm looking at trying to get part of uh, the podcast especially with myself and Mike animated just little cartoons and uh, it costs a few quid but it'd be great if if you wanted to give some money that's what it would go go towards so you'd be helping do that uh, if you're interested and I think we'd need I think 500 would probably do it maybe 600 uh, to get a little 30 second clip animated Um Obviously, it's for the podcast's benefit. Uh, but if you wanted to contribute to it and, and, and get it done quicker, because myself and Mike could be saving up for a few months. Anyway, it'd just be good to be part of it. And uh, anyone that does do it, uh, does contribute, will we'll, we'll get mentions in the credits. Um, so let us know. So if you are putting a few quid in, say this is for the animation, don't spend it on sweets. Okay, cool. Uh, and that's it for me have a good evening I have to go and edit this now and put it up and uh, I have nothing else to say 
I just find it very hard to just sign off and go goodbye see you good luck I don't know I need an official sign off like like Frank Skinner has um uh and if the creeks don't rise something 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 we'll be back again this time next week now get out and that's how he ends all of the show um so I, I, I need a definite sign off like that's it for me fiddly anyway I'm just gonna go on now take care of yourself goodbye <laughs>